0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we can't. We can't die for nothing. We can't Maybe what. Maybe what happened could change everything. Everyone. What are you talking about? We, you know, we have to find
1: a way to forgive
0: them. He butchered our son. I know. I know. You're insane. Listen to me. You're insane. Listen to me. We are so sorry. We are truly sorry. Please, I'll me. Please, please, we need to forgive them. We need to forgive them. Please. No. no. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There's nothing to fear except God.
1: Whatever that means to you. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? Why I Because we got holding on tight. You're listening to The Fear of God podcast exploring the intersection between Christianity and the horror genre.
0: Hello and welcome to another 2018 episode of The Fear of God, your favorite podcast and ours too. Uh, with you as always is your favorite host Nathan Rouse. My favorite host Reed Lackey is usually with me, but he had to go like check on this weird plant bulb bloody thing in the toilet that he said kept sort of sprouting. I I don't know what on earth he was talking. It sounds vile to be frank with you but this is the fear of god where we talk about all things horrific and certainly that fits the bill read happy 2018 what the listeners don't know the readers and the listeners because our listeners are readers um uh don't know is that while um you know we've we've wished them a happy new year on rear window, and it comes at night, it is yeah. only now officially the new year for you and I. That's right. Because um, right. we are time travelers. We've
1: caught up. We've right, caught right, up right. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, that, exactly. that wrinkle in time has finally ironed itself oh, out. I love that book. That movie looks spectacular.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited for it. I, I want to be movie. a warrior. I hope that uh, movie does justice to that beloved, beautiful book. So you've read that? I have oh, not, yeah. I've yeah, not read yeah. it. Oh, you should. You would love it.
0: It would surprise me if it doesn't, not because I know the mm-hmm. book, but because... I respect Ava a, a bunch hmm. and think okay. yeah. she's going to bring some good sensibilities to it. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited for that movie. So, yes. So, happy I, new year.
1: Happy new year to you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Have
0: you recovered from your soiree? From. Uh... It's
1: my soiree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah from my trip your, to the bathroom. Your New Year's phone. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you are Sometimes I have to recover from my trip to the bathroom. <laughs> this bulb thing that I've got going. I don't know. That was <laughs> a reference to the movie. I know it was oh, a okay, reference okay, to the movie. Okay. I'm trying to figure out. some yeah. Um, yeah. It's early for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's early for See, See, what, what listeners also. And readers. And readers don't know is that, like, you listened to a whole section of podcasts in which uh Nathan was in California and so we were in the same room there now it's my turn to feel the jet lag it's my turn to feel the the time displacement because i'm in North Carolina which is my old stomping grounds but it's 3 hours later so right now my body is telling me hey it's only barely 730 and instead I should yeah and I'm so
0: used to you being in a little box on my computer screen I don't we'll know what to you do when it. you're like yeah, yes please <laughs> you're too close right now for <laughs> back, back up okay leave it um, <laughs> um, so it's a new year we're doing this series I'm. we, we haven't officially called it anything I'm gonna Perhaps officially refer oh. to it as hashtag rear window, okay? Okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we are taking a look back at some horror movies of 2017. Yes. Um, contextualizing in, them in this brave new world of three days into 2018 yeah, already. Exactly, um, we, exactly. So two weeks ago, we began also a new series for the year, much like our uh, Universal Monsters of 17, our hashtag Alfred Letters. let's keep
1: that one Alfred Alfred from
0: (laughs) Melmac either one it's harder to say it is (laughs) but that's why that's kind of fun yes we
1: have different definitions of fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't um, it be fun if we just sat around and tried, <laughs> tried to pronounce ridiculous things? <laughs> um,
0: so we began Alfred Letters with Rear Window two weeks ago. We began um, Hashtag Rear Window, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe three or four uh, episode series, um, last week with It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. And we continued that series with the much beloved uh, audience favorite uh, Darren Aronofsky picture Mother, wow! Not to be confused with mother.
1: Yeah, because you need that emphasis. <laughs> you do. That, yes, you do. It's a very. Deliberate I couldn't extra
0: decide extra if you point. go up on the second syllable or if, you, if it's just. A oh, whole you mean like syllable. a mother? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yes, and I'm glad we're able to invoke some levity right now because oh. it's all downhill from here.
1: Yeah, once we get into the actual film, levity is probably going to go right out the window. Um. So as we,
0: uh, as we, before we get to that. Though okay, mother,
1: mother, 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 mommy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's actually what it should have been titled. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> um, mommy. with with someone, the, the picture art, box art, being someone in the corner sucking their thumb. Um, before we get there, though, uh, would you like to begin oh, us into absolutely. our official 2018 first edition of?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you watching? What you read (laughs) What you live Listening to
0: Wow. Reed has been traipsing around his old Church of God stomping grounds (laughs) on his New Year's trip to North Carolina and it is clear the Gaithers have gotten back in his blood. And I would like to point out to readers and listeners that you know, a couple of months ago, Reed threw some serious shade at me during my "What You Watching?" for huh? my for my physicality that <laughs> yeah. I did during the song, like closing my eyes and getting in a meditative yoga like you know, posture. Holding goblets. Uh, well, Reed just totally surfed through his version, <laughs> at least the first half, <laughs> having his hands out to the side, palms down, surfing while singing. <laughs> I even stood on the chair.
1: I was like trying to balance. Yeah, I
0: was impressed. He did that with so little noise. Oh, that's um, so it's 2018, Reed. Yes. What you watching? Watching, read and listening to Brother Gay.
1: Um well the thing is so I'm gonna make a preemptive uh what you watch and read and listen to just because I'm very excited that the episodes have just dropped. Um I, th- I think we've talked about it on the show before. I can't remember if I've ever actually used it in a what you watch and read and listening to. But season four, uh another six episodes of Black Mirror have mm. dropped on Netflix. Um whenever you say that
0: title, do you does your brain subconsciously sing the Arcade Fire song? Mine does.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, now it, it will it probably will yep. now. Yep. Yes, that's Black probably, that's probably gonna Yeah, but uh, uh, I love that show. That show is, and we perhaps eminently will, you know, sort of today, maybe, maybe I, we may but, just pivot away. Just, yeah, let's just abandon. <laughs> we'll keep we keep the title to. of <laughs> the episode, <laughs> yeah. but we're just no, we're not going to surprise. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Black Mirror, I think, is a very. Black uh, Mirror. <laughs> it's a very. It's a fascinating series because it really asks a lot of pertinent questions to what technology has done to humanity and how we engage with our devices, our electronics, um, that, and, and how in frightening and enlightening ways our technology is changing us is causing us to shift our priorities, shift our interactions. And so I love uh, all three prior seasons. It was not originally a Netflix original series. Right, it, it started. BBC. As, yeah, it started yeah. as first two seasons are BBC. There's six episodes total for seasons one and two. And then uh, season three has six new episodes that Netflix commissioned. Um, season four is the same category, six new episodes that Netflix commissioned. And they're about an hour long, but what's cool is like, because one thing that I do love about the Netflix model, you and I go back and forth on the pros and cons, but one thing I love about it is the flexibility of time. Because, uh, like the first episode in the new season is like an hour and fifteen minutes or so, and then there's an episode like I think it's episode five or something. It's only forty minutes, so it's basically well, and that's something that works
0: really well for something so strictly anthology, like sure, you know. yeah,
1: just the amount of time you need to tell your story. <clears throat> do that um right. and then that's the that that's what I really appreciate about um just Netflix in general is that just okay whatever allotment you need to get your story told do that and so so I at this point I have you know this uh, January 3rd I was debating whether or not I actually wanted to say the date but uh so we're recording on January 3rd I have not yet seen any of season 4 but they all uh, die Oh yep. Well, that every fre- episode that frequently happens. Um, <laughs> no, but um, but so I'm very excited to again a preemptive. By the time listeners hear this, I will have plowed through season four. But I'm very eager and excited to do that. As it, what uh, I
0: find episode. funny about your strident affection for Black Mirror, Black Mirror, <laughs> is um, I don't know if you recall this. I I you know tipped you off to its existence yes, a couple of years I, ago absolutely i've only seen two episodes and you've now seen like all of it Which is I great know, well i like it
1: i respect it i want to go back to on it Two episodes, just i know i haven't <laughs> even seen it I know. i'm like cool. i'm like well that's something like not not to be like rude to you or anything but I was oh no it. please I go was, ahead i was so surprised me, when you were verbally. like oh you gotta you gotta <laughs> see black mirror like it's i so just cool. knew you would like it i know it's twilight zone ask i know you love twilight zone oh my gosh because some of that because two of my favorite episodes of the show and. And there's another one that I wasn't as fond of but that most of the rest of the world is very affectionate toward. They're all in season three. Mm. So, like, season three is is like where the show really hits its nexus. The first two seasons are very strong and very good. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but season three, much of it just sort of went into the stratosphere. So, yeah, you, yeah, you definitely got to get on that. It's a really good show. I'll, I'll do
0: that. I'll take a look in the black mirror mm-hmm. after I finish talking about Mother! Mother! Mommy! Mommy, help me. Um, <laughs> um, so as far as my you watch, watch, and read, and listening to, did you have anything else you want no, to No, no, no. I just wanted to mention that. So uh, one movie, one book, one not so serious, one mildly serious. Um, I did go see The Shape of Water, mm, uh, mm. Guillermo del Toro. What is its shape? <laughs> <laughs> it's- it's rather phallic, if I'm being, oh, if I'm being honest. Wow. Um, I was going to say, it's also, you know, you could call it E.T. for adults, or, you know. Um, it, close it
1: encounters is, of the, another kind.
0: Oh, wow, <laughs> yes. Very close encounters. Um, <laughs> yes. We're going to so stop ma- Yeah, yeah. I got to stop. stop I got to stop, because we could be there all day, just swimming around. So, The Shape of Water, I did enjoy it. Um, I think Sally Hawkins will definitely get nominated, um, possibly, Win. I mean, she's fantastic in it. Richard Jenkins is great in it, um, has a wonderful supporting role. It's just, a you know, for, for genre lovers like us. Um, I mean, even in the first 10 minutes, I was like, wow, I really love this conceit, which is we're so used to these days, the big blockbuster world exploding kind of thing. Right. Um, it kind of takes that approach if the janitors were the ones observing the world exploding kind of thing you know it's like the the big stuff is happening they're kind of on the periphery of the story and so i found that a very enjoyable um you know sort of perspective on it Mm -hmm. and in in keeping with our universal horror sort of through line here it is kind of a spiritual cousin to um The Creature from the Black Lagoon.
1: Oh, okay. Fascinating. So he goes
0: around smacking things, (laughs) saying, F this! F that! F you! F this lamp!
1: F (laughs) this guy!
0: There is some (laughs) effing
1: that goes on! (laughs) Wow. I've seen the movie poster. I I figured that was an element. Oh... It is early, and we have to. Yep. we have to uh, fit. You get in our sillies much, out. It, well, yeah, we've got to fit in as much can. Mother is as we on can. her way. Oh, and man. she is
0: not happy. Um, so, so yes, did see the shape of water, but also have just started reading um, a, a book that you actually gave to me for Christmas. So, You're thank welcome. you for that, um, and want to recommend, even though I'm only a few chapters in. Uh, it's by a gentleman named David gushy g-u-s-h-e-e um and I, i don't know i found this post our rear window conversation i found this interesting um you know in rear window i talked during my mini or not even mini just major rant uh in line with the last jedi i talked about semantics and christian and fan and that sort of thing so interestingly this the title of this book is actually still christian Um, the subtitle is the scandalous part though, following Jesus out of American evangelicalism. So I'm really excited to jump into that. Uh, perhaps I won't be so quick to abandon the word once I'm done. Um, still Christian by David Gushy. So yeah, that's, that's my, what you're watching, what you're reading. You want to, you want to take us home? Uh, Mark Lowry.
1: What you watching, what you reading, what you listening into can I tell you a quick story? Please. And it will be very brief. So it's interesting. It better be. You, no, no, no. Well, you it was funny, uh, just an observation. This, is not, this would not categorize in any sort of regular thing we do on our show. Sure. So it's just, a, it's just a side anecdote. Um, so you referenced uh, sort of in passing my Church of God roots and sort of Pentecostalism roots and everything. I did have this very bizarre experience because uh, I had not had the chance to be back home in North Carolina for over two years. It's been about two and a half years since I've been back. Which is not a massive amount of time, but when you're accustomed to coming back about once a year, that was a long span. And um, one place that I was realizing I had not been back to in more than a decade was... Uh, this uh, There's a town in the mountains called Whittier, and uh, there's this campground that the, uh, the Church of God is the denomination from which I come. That's my family. My mom and dad are still very much a part of it. Um, and so the, uh, we went to the campground where I spent And to many, be clear,
0: there's a Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee.
1: Yes, Church of God Cleveland, Tennessee. <clears throat> I'm told there too, two. But. Yeah. So— um, but, but basically, we went to these campgrounds, and I knew we were going there. That was going to be uh, because of some of the events that we had planned. They were uh, sort of in the perimeter of that central area, so we were going to be going and we were going to be staying on these campgrounds in, in some of their housing there. And I was unprepared because I knew it was happening, but it was one of those weird moments that if listeners or you, Nathan, have experienced this, then you'll know exactly what I mean when I say it. If, if you've never had an experience like this, then it might sound a little weird, but um, it was one of those things where I'm approaching, I knew it was happening, but as I'm approaching and I pull up into the driveway and I see the landscape for the first time, so many childhood memories come flooding back that I was unprepared that I wasn't imagining in my head I would have. but suddenly all of these childhood memories come flooding back in. And the way I described it, uh, I think I might have even thrown a Facebook post up there to describe it this way. The way I described it is it's like my younger self came running around the corner, you hmm. know, like and to meet me and and I That's was a just, similar height. <laughs> yes, I have not grown much <laughs> as a matter of fact, it's uh, yeah, thank thank you for. Thank you for highlighting my shortcomings during my very personal <laughs> nostalgic story. I appreciate I appreciate that. Sorry. So, um, you're right here. It makes like the the tactile nature of the humor sure, and sure. response
0: Here's, time that much greater.
1: Um, but sincerely, it was this it was it was this very uh, n- I'm looking for a word that is better than nostalgic because I'm trying to equate it wasn't just this fond remembrance sort of sure, thing. it was a sure. very um, a present flood of, wow, standing in this place again. I, I did not know when or if I would ever stand in this space again, but I stood here many, many times as a child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this the summer camps, standing in this big uh, sanctuary uh, filled with chairs where we used to be there for revivals and camp meetings. And, and uh, there was just... It was a very profound experience that I sure. wasn't quite um, expecting. And it, it was... Yeah, it, it was something that I, it was near the very beginning of the trip, and that's what sort of launched the trip in. So it's, it's been a time of reflection and hmm. and uh, sort of remembering my younger self and reflecting on the comparison between who I was and who I am and, and all of that sort of stuff. So anyway, I just, because you brought up the, sure, you sure. Know, the Church of God roots. Well, and, and, saying, and you know.
0: interestingly, that is a reasonable segue into actually the movie conversation sure, when sure. we talk about, you know, religious experience and
1: Right, right, right. right.
0: versions of faith and Christianity and that sure. sort of thing. So read we've we've kind of held off for a little while. I'm kind of I don't really I'm not sure I want to talk about this movie, yeah. Do but you it's here. Want to here. play
1: a quick game of cards real quick? Like, <clears throat> sure. And then maybe we'll run out of time, and then yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: this <laughs> will, this will be the two hour episode, but it's really just us like Mario karting, you know, and, <laughs> like, and riffing. Right. Right. Oh, blue shell. Um, so we are, in fact, today talking about Darren Aronofsky's 2017 uh, Mother. Um, not his mother. His no, his okay. feature film mother starring Jennifer Lawrence. For, <laughs> yeah, that would actually. So well, maybe mean. we should do that. Let's Google that real quick. We're Let's Wikipedia. Be so mean to
1: Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh
0: man. Um, Featuring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, um, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, and a ton of other folk. Chris, randomly, Kristen Wiig included. Samuel um, Gleason. That's right. That's right. Um, also known as General Hux. See, much like 2016, 17s. Zack Snyder, occasional riffing, but on the negative side, I'm going to be with The Last Jedi. I'm just going to, it's just going to pepper it it throughout the year in our conversations. It's a new year. Because I love it so much. Yes. yes, yes. And haters are going to hate.
1: Hate, 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 hate,
0: hate. Yes, they are. Thank you, Taylor. Um, So let's talk about Mother. Um, I want to start, we'll we'll get to the formula, trivial bits and whatnot, if you have any. I don't, but... um, I will tell you what I knew about this movie. And then I want you to inform as well, because what you know, or don't know matters to your experience of the film.
1: Absolutely.
0: One, I, you and I talked about this. I want to alert listeners. Um, it is rare. Like I think about the movies we've covered before and reanimator comes to mind. I feel like there might've been one other one that really kind of pushed the envelope in terms of content, but, um, there have been movies where I would say, Hey, take caution when you watch it's, it's heavy.
1: I quick interjection. yes. Like we said that about films that we loved, like the witch or, <clears throat> sure. yes. know, or even bone tomahawk for that one, yep. you know, film yep. films yep. that we wound up loving for a variety of reasons, right. but would exercise caution. And I sure. would even say the same thing about the exorcist as much as I adore that film. That's like there, there should be an asterisk of warning, <clears throat> before going into, right. into that movie.
0: So. And I would, and, and to, thank you for that clarification, to amplify that. Um, for me personally, um, I, at this moment in time, I, I do think we're, we're on board for a rich conversation. Um, sure. There is a lot to talk about coming out of this film. I can't think of a movie I've, sort of seen before that I would actively probably discourage viewers from watching. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do watch it, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I would be hesitant to say, go check this out. Um, Even there are those who are listeners to our show that probably have already seen it and, and know some of what we're going to get into. But if you haven't seen this movie, it is sort of monstrously heavy. Uh, so so big caution there, you know. Uh, big parental advisory, more so than, I mean, horror or not. Like it's 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 rough.
1: Yeah, and Aronofsky tends to make those kind of films. Uh, I said about uh, Requiem for a Dream specifically, but uh, a lot of his films sort of have this nature to them where it's like you you walk out and you're like, wow. That was a powerful film, very effective in a lot of ways, very successful in a lot of what it was attempting to sure. do. I don't know if I will ever watch it again. Yeah. And, and Aronofsky kind of has uh, a rhythm to that. He's made exactly one film that even though it's right in line with all of the rest of the films that, that he's made in terms of theme and substance and structure, um, the, the one film of his that I have revisited now at this point probably three or four times was The Wrestler, the Mickey Rourke. Mm. Uh, that is a film that I really love. Um, and Remarkably, what, the
0: only... Somehow I missed The Wrestler. I mean, it, it made all the, the critics' lists and whatnot when it wrestling. came out, really. Yeah, I, um, I have seen Noah, Black Swan, and The Fountain. Which I oh, actually yeah. really liked the fountain a the lot. The
1: fountain is quite good too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and it's very it's a very fascinating movie, and and you know uh, I, I enjoy both those performers very much. Um, so, the question I propped up a moment ago of, of what did you know? So for me personally, all I knew was it was very divisive. There was a scene a la like Bone Tomahawk, and that it that it. Uh, I didn't read anything. I just remember seeing stuff percolating on the interwebs, something about some sort of statement the movie makes about God, which was to most folks negative. Um, so, so those were really the only, you know, things I knew going
1: in. Mm. Um, so, so what did you? What I knew beforehand, uh, uh, I'll go ahead and just say the only bits of information that I walked into the film with. Um, cause I actively avoided, uh, there are, um, a few of like our sibling podcasts that deal with film and faith, um, that have covered mother. I have actively not listened hmm. to those episodes. Um, I will now, but to not, to knowing we, knowing we might get around to it or knowing we okay. might get around to it and, <clears throat> and that I had not seen it. So sure, knowing sure. we might get around to it and that we had my, and we had not seen it. I wanted to wait because I wanted a right. – I, I had already been spoiled on two major things. And those two things were, number one, I knew that it was a metaphor for the creation narrative. So I knew I knew that going in. I was like, okay, metaphor for creation narrative. So then when certain characters start showing up, like, for instance, uh, you know, huge spoilers from other already, uh, guys. But uh, So, for instance, I knew when Ed Harris walked in the door, I was like, oh, that's Adam. Like like I sure, sure first viewing never seen the film but I knew right, right, I'm right. following a creation narrative. I was right. like, okay, I wasn't quite sure yet who Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to represent. Uh, kind of figured that out along the way, but I was like, okay, that guy's showing up, that's Adam. Now that's Eve. Now that's clearly Cain and Abel. You know, all of those right. all of those types of things. The other piece of information that I knew is I knew that somewhere at the end, though I had no contextual information. I knew somewhere at the end um, a baby is violently destroyed. And sure. I was like, oh, okay. So like armed with those pieces of information, I wanted to know as little else as possible. Right, so right. I could have as fresh of an experience as I could going into sure. it. So I kind of braced myself batting down the hatches and I was like, okay, cause you had seen it already. And I knew that it had had at least in a couple. Well, of- and to, to frame that, I mean,
0: so there's no confusion. I only saw it a week ago. I think you're saying like, yeah,
1: we, this is the I think this is, yeah, this is the first film that we actively decided to talk about before neither of us had seen it. So, it, it had been enough in the, right. you know, we knew we were covering films of 2017, and I was like, well, if we're covering films of 2017, for our frame of conversation, Mother has to be on the list, right, because right. I knew it dealt with biblical metaphor, um, I knew it was a horror film, so I was like, we, we, neither right. of us had seen it, but we had to we had to cover it. Um, so then you saw it, actually, before I did, and I knew before my viewing um, that it had, at least in those couple of moments, had a big impact on you, uh, in in the sense of, Sort of sure. emotional devastation, if I can sure. use that word. Yeah. Um, and so I was braced, and the ha- the hatches were batten down. Um, and uh, my viewing of it was definitely more—I'll call it cerebral, more mm-hmm. sort of intellectual sure. Because I feel like I had braced up so much uh, mental and emotional buffers. Um, right. But uh, which maybe you know some listeners might hear that and be like, "Well, you didn't experience the film then, because you had already sort of." safeguarded yourself I that's a conversation for another time I would almost say this one is worth the (laughs) Um,
0: well to to um, I know of at least a few listeners who have not and probably will not watch this for those of you who do heed the caution read already loosely um, you know described the events of the film but in in sort of synopsis form um, well and I can talk about it from my viewing experience, not knowing what was going on initially, not knowing this was meant to be a hard metaphor. Um, you're presented with this very kind of abstract initial, uh, minute of, of, of film of how Jennifer Lawrence's character enters the story. Um, for my, perp- for my personal viewing, I didn't know is this, um, I knew it was probably intentional, but I didn't know, is this just meant to be some sort of abstraction that we're right. getting into? um, And, you know, so, so the first 20 minutes or so is she and Bardem interacting Ed Harris shows up, Michelle Pfeiffer eventually shows up, um, what presented itself and honestly, not knowing the metaphor initially, Mm -hmm. like I just wasn't thinking about it. So, so I wasn't in that frame of mind. I'm approaching it in a very naturalistic kind of way. Like, okay, okay. sure. Despite this rather abstract opening, these are just people Mm -hmm. in a scenario. Mm -hmm. Ed Harris shows up, he's sickly. And to the point that. I didn't feel dumb about this, but it did after it clicked in, you know, you see, there's a moment where you see Ed Harris's back and he's got this slice, you know, which is ultimately the rib of Adam and that sort of thing. Yeah. But in the moment it just didn't click with me. I was like, gotcha. I, I was more, uh, the, I was the viewer who was like, huh, clearly that's a mystery. You know, like, are we going right. to learn about that? Well, once, uh, who are meant to be the Cain and Abel characters show up, It it all kind of clicked into place. I was like, okay, yeah, I sort of see what we're dealing with now. Um, And and I would almost expound upon what you described in terms of creation narrative. Although we may get into this more in theme, it to to me it's far more than just the creation narrative. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, That's
1: the structural sort of counterpoint. Like, uh, I don't I don't have the language in pocket to be able to really describe this, but it's basically like. He adopt he mirrored the framework of the creation narrative, at least for the first, you know, t- half of the film, and then there's a section after the first half of about 15 minutes where he kind of gets into the flood, and then from there it gives. What it, would you
0: describe as the flood?
1: Sink breaks, water flushes in, it causes everybody to leave. So interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's th- funny
0: because I have on my, I ha- like right now on my notes it says the sink that keeps coming up. And I, 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 I was at a loss for oh. exactly what that was meant. Oh, to be. okay. Yeah. Um, so that was the
1: first place my mind went again, tracking with this sort of, um, you know, he's, he's starting with this biblical metaphor. So then when the sink bursts and the water comes flooding out and then you have this image, uh, actually, I think a pretty effective, the, the movie, as much as we're kind of soft, softly discouraging viewers from um, from watching it, the film has some very interesting things sure. that take place. Obviously, you know, ripe for conversation. But when the flood happens, as they're walking out, Adam, which in the film he's just called Man, and hmm. Eve is just called Woman. Sure. Um, the the Javier Bardem character, who is meant to be uh, a metaphor for God, that's called Him, with a capital H which is why the film itself uh, is called Mother with a lowercase m. All the rest of the characters are lowercase characters, and Javier Bardem's character, him, has a capital H. Um, But when man is leaving, he leans over to him. uh, Ed Harris leans over to Javier Bardem and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then uh, Eve, Eve's character, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, walks out and looks and gives this, like, Just real, yeah, yeah. angry, sort of spiteful stare at Jennifer Lawrence's character as they're all ushered out. But yeah, when the sink breaks, water floods into the house. And that's kind of what connected. The water floods into the house and everybody leaves. I was like, oh, that's meant to be. Sure. I mean, mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. Well,
0: I had not thought about that because for me, at that point... no, I, I think that's probably accurate because, yeah. I mean, scripturally the flood is an extinction event. It, it mm-hmm. you know, all the peoples of the world are diminished, and in, in the film, yeah, when yeah. that happens, the mm-hmm. house, you know, empties.
1: Right. Um, and then there's a, 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 that's when we get into the. It's like immediately following that that he impregnates her, and we have the, the the baby narrative of the second half of the film begins. Sure. Um, but. Uh, can, uh, casting casting that aside um, well
0: well well i don't know where i'm sorry to cut you out there i don't know yeah. exactly where you're going this may be a we will always know or i will at least refer to the take shelter formula of we're just kind of going to go where the conversation leads talk about it right, right um you know you made a reference a minute ago to some some certainty about specifically the identity of mother and that's sort of on it, it's not on my list but it, it you know to you is it meant to be a literal sort of thing? Is she the essence of maternity? Is she Mary specifically? I would struggle with that a little bit. Um, like I definitely what, don't think it's Mary. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't to you, think it's Mary, well, in other words, a minute ago you said
1: figuring out who that was, like w- how would you describe what your interpretation of her is? Well, uh, I, I sort of walked out of the film thinking this is mother nature because it's the, because it's the like, the I guess just because that phrase "Mother Nature" is so like locked into my brain, sure. Um, I I, w- I was like, okay, I, I think that's the most natural place that it would go, right? Um, plus, like, I I picked up I did very little. Reading, sure, like I don't, sure, I don't have sure, sure. Yeah, like I trivial either. bits yeah. and stuff like that because, because I've done very little reading. I wanted, and this is an exercise, maybe I won't do a good job. Maybe I'm dumber than I think I am, but I wanted very much to see, like, okay, let me, without a, I've got this very little bit of external knowledge, meta knowledge. Right, let right. me see how much I can parse right, out right. just watching the film. Um, and so I think she's meant to be Mother Nature because the house is uh, very much like if we're thinking of it in terms of, okay, uh, Ed Harris is Adam and E and Michelle Pfeiffer is Eve and everything, they're very much coming into the house. So I'm kind of seeing the house as either a Eden or just the world. Right. And so that's that's why it's like, okay, if this is her house. Right. And, uh, and the house is seen as like the created world. I can see that. That's that's where I kind of went with it's like, okay, so she must be like Mother Nature. And, right. And then it really, when I landed on that and said like, I think that's what this is, is how much abuse she takes in the last hmm. half of the yep. film. Yep. I'm like, I think, just knowing what little I know about Aronofsky, I think... That would be something that he would probably try to infuse in there is like, we're, we're really right in a, in a literal, you know, this, the film is a metaphor, but in it, right, taking right, right. that metaphor out of the realm, I think he's literally saying we are beating mother nature to death. Like we're, well,
0: my mother only nature. hesitation committing to that. Well, so, so a couple of thoughts on what you just said. So, uh, Eden versus the world to me, Eden is very directly represented by his office. Um, where the where the tree is, yes. they're not yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah. touch the tree. He boards up the he boards up the Good office. Point. Right, he banishes them from the office. Um, so so to me, the house is more kind of the world. It's this microcosmic mm-hmm. sort of view. Um, I like your Mother Nature approach there. I and this is what's challenging. I'm, I'm going to state this and put a pin in it the the strictness of the metaphor how hard he steers into the metaphor uh to me lost me in a a, a decent amount as a viewer but i'll come back to that um so my until until you presented that mother nature idea um which i think has validity to me it was like is she spirit perhaps Mm. the holy spirit you know this this sort of trinitarian idea Mm. um she is who births you know, this baby. Um, and, and that's, that's to me where the mother nature metaphor or analogy would break down a little bit is what, what, what mother, the movie feels like is Darren Aronofsky's indictment of Christianity. And so I think, I think it's far more literal of, of a scriptural mm-hmm. approach, at least his understanding and interpretation sure, of her, sure. Thus her birthing, is, is Mother Nature feels too non-Christian. Oh. Does that make sense at all? It like, does. like, Yeah, it does. I think I, I like your interpretation, but the fact that she is an active birther of this baby. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that would sync up with who is, who is by definition of where the, the film goes, meant to be a Christ child figure. I think figure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, including, and I won't say this very uh, graphically right now, but including the baby's ultimate fate could be seen as a, I'm going to use the word perverted. I don't know necessarily that, that it's meant to be perverted in Aronofsky's sense. Uh, I just don't know him well enough. Uh, don't know him at all. Never shook his hand. Never had a conversation with him. But, the, um, but like, a, like a sort of perverted communion. You know, like I think it's exactly what it is. Yeah, that there's this this sort of, uh, uh, yeah, it's that. And I wrestled a lot with her baby. Like, of course, I saw Christ analogy in it. Of course, I saw the communion analogy in it. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, but wait a second, like, what is what is this trying to say right. about? Because, um, and of course, what I know meta-knowledge about it is I know Aronofsky's not a believer. I believe he's an atheist, but uh, I know he's not a believer. That would
0: feel like not too much a stretch. Right, 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 right.
1: I know for certain he's not a believer. I also think he, like, not even just an agnostic, not sure thing. Like, I think he believes there is no God. But the, um, I just couldn't understand quite, like, if you're going for the Christ metaphor, it's weird to me, but again, I'm a Christian. It's weird to me to take the Christ metaphor to death and communion and not try to infuse some sort of like resurrection, even if it's a falsehood or something. But again, I'm a Christian. So that's the, right. that's what I bring to it of like, Oh, why did you include this and this and not this other thing? Um, but again, Aronofsky's trying to make the point that he's making and that's not the
0: right, point that I would right. make. Well, know, so. and I would, if, if it's okay, um, say let's, let's hold. Cause I feel like, where you're angling and that whole scene is the bulk of the thematic sure sure tell and so so if we can let's hold there for just a second um if only because then we'll be on it it will feel moot to almost address anything else if we we fully unpack that sure um here here's a random question well it's funny i'm glancing at my notes and like what I wrote before I knew the metaphor real concretely. I wrote this movie is so weird with like three E's. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I, I am having early in it. I was like, what on earth are we doing here? Right. Um, so two thoughts, one, interestingly, the, like your, your identification of these character names makes this question speak even more to me. So him mm-hmm. is Bardem with a capital H man and woman, all lowercase mother, lowercase the title of the movie has an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do you have, have you thought about that? Do you have any interpretation of that? Like that feels purposeful yeah. and intentional. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would, I mean, I don't know if what he's going for is the, the idea of a child screaming for their mother Hmm. uh, or if it would be like the empowerment of a mother she, the decision she makes at the end of the film is that, is that what that's a reference to? Like sort of a a giving back power, you know the exclamation point very definitively like a giving back power to this character that doesn't even have a capital letter at the top of their name. Like it's a very, it's it's weird because it's a weird title in that the lowercase letter is intentional, and the exclamation point is intentional. Right, so, right, right. So I'm like, he's he's telling us something at least about what he thinks, or about what he's scratching at with this film. Now, what that is, I don't know. So yeah, again, again, I'm gonna feel real dumb if I postulate a bunch of ideas and then afterwards I plan to do research and I plan sure. to do things. So if in like well, in two months, we can check back gonna, in. Right.
0: <laughs> well, Sincerely, I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. like. I I have not done reading or listening yeah, uh, regarding interpretations of the movie because like you I wanted to come in it uh it, it is rich sure but here okay so here's that that question about the exclamation point I have a hypothesis so the struggle I had with this movie in a very real way is Is the struggle, this is going to seem like a a, a random line to draw here, is the struggle I have with the facing the giants of the world is, and, and there's going to be a happy medium, this is going to be a random aside here, but The Last Jedi. (laughs) <laughs> I sent to you the film crit Hulk piece. Anyone should go read that. If you haven't yet that he did on the last Jedi. And he makes this, he has this wonderful paragraph where he talks about Spielberg as a filmmaker. Mm. And he says, there's this moment for many film watchers. And as they sort of mature where they decide they don't like Spielberg because they realize, okay, you're just trying to get me to feel a thing.
1: Mm.
0: And the the point film crit Hulk is trying to make is Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the art of storytelling is I'm trying to make you feel a thing. Yes. Those who do it well can hide the strings Mm -hmm. very well, but still get you there. Mm -hmm. The problem I have with the things like the Facing the Giants is you're not even trying to hide the strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the flip side, on the opposite
1: end of the spectrum. Hold your thought. That's what we would term or what I would term as manipulation. Yes. It feels like manipulation.
0: Yes. Yes. Um,
1: A big problem I have
0: with Mother is you are not even... Trying to hide the strings here. You are very strongly, very strongly, forcefully imposing your very, what feels like, again, I, like you, have never shaken Aronofsky's hand. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like a very forceful point of view being foisted on me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that point of view, in my interpretation of this movie, is antagonistic. Hmm. Um it is and and this is where I'm going in the question about the exclamation point. The exclamation point almost feels like an F U. Mm, like a, okay. a, a a a sarcasm, an irony. Sure. A, a light hearted look look at look, look, you fools. Right. This that is what on. you believe in. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It um does. Does. I'm not stating that. That's what it feels sure. like. That's sure. as I sort of figure out like there's intentionality all over this thing. Mm-hmm. So so there's that, and then there's the strictness of the metaphor because when you when the strings aren't hidden whatsoever um, when like Saeed on a beach you find a giant electric you know wire and you're like what on earth they're nice, all over nice the beach you like that yes but they're all over the beach and they're exposed mm-hmm. I don't trust you I, I, I see what you're trying to do the metaphor is so strong and so forceful it took me out okay once, once it crystallized for me and not knowing the metaphor coming in Okay. But sure. Once it crystallized, once I said, Oh, the heart in, or the, the gym in the office sure. is the tree. Yeah. The office is the garden. That's Adam. That's Eve. There's Cain. There's Abel." Suddenly I was like, I know where you're going and I'm worried.
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah. Which is yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so Reed alluded to this very strongly to, to clarify very clearly. I'm going to unpack what this final scene is. Well, in the final scene, um, So clearly it's called mother, there is some sort of mothering, some sort of maternity thing happening.
1: Yep. Pause and again hold your thought. I would call it, just for clarification's sake, I would call it the climactic scene, not the because there are two very important things that immediately follow it. Sure. But yeah, the climactic scene. The scene, if we were putting exclamation points around it.
0: So in the film, as Reed mentioned a minute ago, um Hem impregnates mother. Um and uh, thus, the New Testament gets written. It's, it's very on the nose uh, to me, troublingly so. Um, you mentioned emotional devastation. So my personal response to this movie is even though at about the midpoint, once, once the, the, the metaphor crystallized, I, I sort of knew where in a general sense all this was heading and even unplugged, not actively, but became kind of inured. I was like, oh, once all the chaos is happening towards the end, I, I, I was not plugged in at all. I was watching events. Sure. Yeah. I was watching you force feed me. Yeah. Uh, Aronofsky, not Reed. Right, um, right, right, right. She delivers this baby. She, Bardem is, is uh, as him, uh, loves the adoration the people pour upon him. This house that is the world is full filled to the brim with people who are who are chaotic and and crazy Oh man I'm about to make a really lovely connection point here Mm. so there's this moment that is devastating and heartbreaking before the most tragic moment she has birthed this baby she is nursing this baby she the character mother has has been present for all of this chaos is very much holding on to this baby is trying not to fall asleep while Bardem's him wants to show the baby to the people, because Bardem, as him, loves the adoration and he wants to show off this baby, and 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 this is why I don't. And this is what's hard, and this can lead to possibly a conversation about artistry and and the the, the stories we choose to tell and the way we infuse ourselves and our perspective into those stories. But Aronofsky has a very defined view of god um or or at least what he would say we as christians articulate as god Mm -hmm. it is self-serving it it is you know uh perhaps rebels in despair of the people
1: it's a little needy i don't know if this is what you but like
0: i wouldn't have quite said needy but but i again we're working with metaphor here and so all our words are, are attempts at explanation so to to attempt once more to to wrap up this scene um she's trying to keep the baby she dozes off and 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 you you see multiple attempts on her part to not doze off because he's staring at her and in one of the most like if i can and it's near impossible if i can separate my sort of uh personal faith and belief system from the observing of this movie it is great on a technical level. Sure. Um the performances are strong. Yeah. I am impressed with how more or less well the metaphor works. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not gonna work a hundred percent, but their as performers' commitment to the metaphor, absolutely um that scene in in this moment when Jennifer Lawrence is trying to stay awake, holding this nursing this baby. Bardem is staring her down and there's multiple shots back to him of not of unmoving unblinking just staring wait waiting right and she she falls asleep and he uh, perhaps the next moment there's a cut and she she comes to and she wakes up and she's no longer holding the baby and she sees Bardem walk, his, from the back walking out of this room and she starts chasing him down. Um, she she turns him around rather dramatically and he is no longer holding the baby. It is now being held aloft by you know think think of crowd surfing at a concert by this this throng of people. And in what can only be perhaps for me personally one of the top three, if not top two, if not top most most devastating scenes in a movie I've ever seen while holding this baby um, jostling it about to and fro you 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 hear an audible neck snap and it is it is devastating and and never have I been so unplugged from a movie uh, uh, emotionally and then so you know like a tidal wave sweeping over me thrown back into the most deep emotional whatever I, I can feel right. you know just to be frank with you read since we're just here by ourselves um <laughs> it, you know uh, instant weeping like oh my god and and then that moment is immediately followed by her chasing after and through this crowd pushing through the crowd um and it, it is extremely graphic and and disturbing and troubling you mentioned this a minute ago and my whole point here is to just try to help listeners understand if they haven't watched this movie, what we are talking about, because it is wrenching. Um, she finds this altar throughout the film. Groups of people have been segmented off a la denominations, a la factions, a la sects of Christianity. Um, and on one of these altars amongst these group of people is entrails, um, bodily entrails, which are meant to be this baby. She looks around and there are, you know, tens of dozens of folks, uh, uh, bloodily consuming bits and pieces of it. I mean, it is,
1: horrific yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 of, of the highest order um, it's deeply deeply disturbing even I mean no matter what your emotional connection to the film at that moment is it is troubling and unsettling and is intended to be that moment is is intended sure
0: well y- yes but but and this this is the struggle uh, uh, in terms of my ability to to be frank, trust the artist now. Okay, sure. is yes, it is intended to be devastating. But what feels even more so is it's intended to once more say, "Look, you fools! Look at what you believe in. Isn't this horrific and awful and terrible? Why on earth would you think this is acceptable to believe in?" Right. right. Um, I, I do want to. I, I do want to piggyback around to a minute ago. I had this really wonderful moment of inspiration, and and why. Why I would struggle with a mother versus where I'm going with this, in envisioning Bardem carrying this baby, envisioning a moment of a baby in a movie and an apocalyptic people's response to it, I couldn't help but think of Children of Men, which oh, is okay, yeah, glorious and beautiful. I and, love that, movie and, so and, and perhaps holy of and, and is the complete counterpoint to that moment. Not necessarily where mother goes in terms of in trail eating but in terms of baby and response mm-hmm. if, if you haven't seen Children of Men do check it out I wholeheartedly endorse and encourage that um, and there's a moment where this this civilization that is baby less uh, comes upon a baby through circumstances of the film and, and they are all in awe and it's yeah. beautiful and, and just
1: they lay down their weapons oh my yeah. god and, I love uh, this movie yeah, so much and the crowds part to make I
0: sort of wish work. it was horror so that we could talk about it in depth <laughs> um, so, so pivoting back to mother I like, there's stuff I, I feel like are, is worth engaging, but I feel like we're at the doorstep of, of themes. Um,
1: well, let's, I mean, again, take shelter. Let's, I know, let's, I know. Let's just do it. Like I just
0: like talking to you and, I and them, and, I, I, you I know. know, there's there's like, like a, a throng of notes right here staring at <laughs> me.
1: Well, as we've said with other films before, I can't remember at the moment precisely which ones, but as we've said with other films before, there are certain films where it's all theme. Like, yeah, we could break down likes, dislikes. We could break down scares and everything. But the film is theme. And this one I definitely would categorize as that. There's nothing... No,
0: I'm with you there.
1: ...that this film uh, from the start... Like, one of the things I like, because I've railed before about how I can't stand... And I can't remember if I've railed on it here or if I've railed on it on More Than One Lesson or something, but I cannot stand the relatively recent convention of a film beginning with a scene that is either in the last third or in the climax of the film and then it'll say like 3 months earlier or whatever so it's like the opening shot of the film is something that will happen again later in the movie but it it starts you so that it kind of tries to draw you in and then it says now let me show you how we got to that right model. right right i cannot stand that convention i hate it my apologies to anybody who kind of likes that but that i feel like it's lazy i feel like it's 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 a lazy sort of attention grabber that I don't care for at all I thought that mother was doing that the opening shot of the film is a a face a female face Mm -hmm. engulfed in flames right and and when the film started I was like great you might as well just say four years earlier oh right 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 whatever I was like okay but to the film's credit and to Aronofsky's credit that is not what's happening like that is a previous incarnation of this narrative. Well, then that we're finish seeing.
0: finish where the movie goes, and then we'll because, fully dive into themes.
1: Because fo- following the scene that you mm-hmm. described, mother is so devastated. She begins to kill the people around. She she picks up broken glass. She begins to kind of slash at them, and she begins to kind of rail back and and try to kill them. They overpower her and beat the. Ever loving fire out of her. They just they rip her clothes. It's it's a it's graphic and it's disturbing. A, yes, it's a very upsetting scene because you're talking about. It, yeah, this is not as sort of inhuman as the the baby's fate is, but I mean the camera does not cut away as sure. this poor woman is just being beat to two pieces, um, and then. Following that, she escapes them. She, you know, sort of curses him, as it were. Um, You know, you never loved me. You, you know, you only ever loved them or it's all about you. I forget exactly the language that she uses. And then she goes down to the basement and takes a lighter that the Adam character originally brought into the house. And so she takes that lighter. And when she takes that lighter, she engulfs the house in flames. Right. And so then it cuts to her face engulfed in flames. But then immediately following that, uh, Javier Bardem is carrying her charred body. She's still alive, but he's carrying her charred body. And then they have a conversation. And then she she asks him, like, if there was any question mark about the metaphor up to that point, she asks him, who are you or what are you? And he says, I am I. You know, which is a very specific callback to the I am that I am. Right. So he says, I am I and you, you were home. And then he, um, in a bizarre moment, he uh, asks her if it's if it's still there. We don't know what she's talking about, whatever. And then he, uh, using his hands, like opens her middle chest cavity. yeah, Yeah. Opens, opens her up and pulls out. Uh, which at first is kind of charred, but he he breaks it all off. It's a similar crystal that we saw him... Representative of her heart. Yes, yes. At the very beginning of the film, we saw that same crystal was what the Adam and Eve surrogates smashed and destroyed in the Garden Garden of Eden room. Yeah. And so then he places that crystal back on its little pedestal back in the Garden of Eden room. The house comes back, like it, all of the charred remains comes back, just as it did, immediately following the you know fireface and him right, doing it right, at right. the very beginning. So it's like the very end the of reset. the film is the very beginning of the film again. And then just as we saw Jennifer Lawrence's character wake up, we see a different woman wake right, up right. and say the same exact thing. The movie begins and ends with the word baby, which I think would probably have some significance. But it begins and ends with the word baby. The implication being. This is a cycle that happens over and over again. He creates the world, um, you know. The world is reborn, and then it will just come to the same ends again, and it will end in fire, and it will do, you know, all of that, all of that sort of stuff. That being the uh, sort of the the takeaway, you know, the final sort of thought that we are meant to to come away from this film. And so, to to the convention that I was railing against, I thought at first that they were just previewing the end right, of the movie. Right, right, right. But, to Mother's credit, they're not doing that. They are very... Sort of. <clears throat> but, yeah, yeah. But I know, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. They're deliberately sh- saying this a is a cycle that right. happens over and over again. It happened before Jennifer Lawrence. It'll happen after Jennifer Lawrence and that this is just... And
0: see, happen. what's what's a struggle for me right now is like that is interesting. But I feel like he, he just so bludgeons his version and perhaps the version we present as believers judeo-christianity i mean like the movie just just takes an axe to it mm. you know what i mean like in other words just the pure rest the pure kind of reset um, sort of metaphor of uh, cycle life death rebirth kind of thing is an right. interesting sort of through line and could have some
1: fascinating what let me. Uh, listeners don't know that I, uh, Nathan visibly saw me sort of formulating a thought. Um, the it's a very weird motion he does. He does a little jig, and it's. I know. Like, yeah. I know yeah. you've yeah. got a new thought, I so go it, ahead. Yeah, I call it the squiggle. And so, like, <laughs> so, so basically, um, here's my view. I was trying in thought preparation for this conversation. I was trying to parse out what do I think. Like, let me put on my. You know English, my college English minor brain, and do my literary analysis. Sure. What do I think the author thinks of him, the the character mm-hmm. him? Right. What do I think Aronofsky thinks of him? And here's what I've landed on at the moment. I think Aronofsky considers the character of him, whether or not he considers him to be an evil being or or whatever. He is unquestionably a being that is reactionary or or, or uh, I'll call him unintentional because in the film, Bardem's... Almost purely responsive. Yes, yeah. yes. Bardem's character is consistently doing something and when asked, what are they doing? When Jennifer Lawrence's character is asked, what are the human doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like it really stuck out to me how many times his character says, I don't know through the course of the film. Right, right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I would even say like perhaps an ignorant portrayal mm-hmm. of this character like he's not in the know and so he's you know i don't know i don't know i don't know and then he even says to her at the end he says i need them to create this is what i am this is what i do i need he's them a to poet create. yeah he's a poet so he is uh i know you're gonna go to the last jedi here but he is in aronofsky's mind Again, I'm making a lot of suppositions. This is just an observer of the film. I'm right. trying to parse out what I think is being said. In Aronofsky's mind, I think he sees the character of him as a force which can do nothing but what it does. It just does what it does. Um, so what it does is uh, abuses its own creation for the sake of its internal need for adoration and affection. That it, it abuses... The the preciousness or the goodness that it it brings forth because it needs to be praised or it needs these things, these people, in order to keep its creative spark alive. And so if, if I'm anywhere in the ballpark of what Aronofsky thinks about God, there is a sympathy, not anywhere close to an agreement, but there is a sympathy I would place for people who... Observe Christians and read the text of the scriptures and without proper context or without, uh, you know, continual good, healthy conversation in healthy contexts, not just judgmental finger wagging. Um, I would sympathize with people who walked away going, man, God just needs praise and adoration. And he doesn't care who he hurts along the way as long as he gets praise and adoration. Right. You know, I, I don't agree with right. that. There's no part of me that, that...
0: I'm like staring into your soul. Saying, I know. Let's love so what listeners won't know, so a very uh, uh, meta side note here, Reed and I usually record multiple episodes at once. We're only going to be able to do one today, largely because we were both so antsy to talk about mother that here we are, um, and both have lots of thoughts. So what's fascinating to me as I'm hearing you say this is um, there are whole swaths of, uh, uh, at the very least, American, if not broader Christianity, for whom God existing for the sake of His own glory is a very real and primary tenet of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is exactly what this movie is. It is saying, "Hey, if God exists for His own glory, this is the sort of what that looks like." Yeah. Um,
1: These are the casualties along the way and the abuse that happens. And yes,
0: right. And 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 so you you are um, making more, me more sympathetic, which I don't like. Stop stop trying to engender compassion in me here, but <laughs> towards the artist here, you know, there is a way in which my takeaway from mother feels like antagonism towards Christianity. There's also a takeaway of, I, I can't blame Darren Aronofsky for feeling like this is what right. the world or the world of Christianity tells him is going on. And this is his observation. And Hey guys, yeah, you are maybe a little,
1: I I apologize for cutting you off. Uh, Can I make a comparison between two people who, for reasons only based on the art they create, that I'm going to compare two notes here. Do it. I'm going to compare Darren Aronofsky, may seem a little odd at first, to what I've seen from Seth Rogen. So you take a film like Sausage Party versus a film. I don't want to take that film. but, But you take a film like Sausage Party versus a film like Mother and here is what i will say the the individual filmmakers may have whatever degree of opinions perspectives they may you know be very firmly you know convinced of this that or the other but a film like sausage party feels very assured of what it's telling you it feels very much like Hey, you know everything you believe is just BS, and this is really what well, all it is. You know, like a film like that, uh, which is another film I would actively discourage viewers from sure. seeing. But a film like that is very much like giving the fi- that's a film yep. that is indicting Christianity. My experience of mother.
0: You know what's funny about Sausage Party is I wouldn't know it got there because I actually went to see it. Shout out Matt Murray. We left after 15 minutes because yeah, like, well, oh yeah, all this is is singing about yeah you sex did. and. Well, strong opinions about things you think you're more confident in and knowledgeable of than you are.
1: Yes. And, right. and past past the vulgarity. Yes. It, right, right, it, right. it, it lays all of that bare. And so once I thought systems,
0: that's all yeah. this is, I just walked out.
1: Yeah. So so that's that. And that's that tone. And consistently, I kind of feel that way about a lot of the stuff that Seth Rogen puts out. I felt right. that way about the few episodes I've seen of Preacher, which, of course, I read Preacher. And yeah, it's kind of of that same note. But casting that aside, I do not. And maybe I'm an error. I do not get that same degree of assuredness from Aronofsky's work. So even in Mother, I do not feel indictment. I feel very much anger and frustration, and I feel very much, uh, from the film, I feel a sort of a, a burst of fury at whatever his perceptions are of this thing. But what I was surprised to not feel was what you're describing i did not feel aronofsky sitting in some superiority place saying you all suck i felt very much a hey your god is confused and and your belief system is confused because look at the sure abuse but that to me felt different from the alternative uh you know in what i'm describing as what seth rogan puts out which is like hey i know more than you stupid ignorant people I don't get that from Aronofsky. I get observations from Aronofsky that do sort of tangentially indict things, but I just don't get the sense from Mother that it is uh, just fully like you guys are just full of garbage. I feel like see, this is inter- an exploration.
0: Right. And what's interesting to me about that, and that opens the door, thank, thank you, uh, rather explicitly towards... What I feel like the movie leaves out, and and whether it was intentional on his part or not, I don't know. But um, I referenced this early in Fear of God, the, the life of this podcast, um, the book uh, A More Christlike God by the author Brad Jerzak which I adore and is 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 a touchstone of of my hopefully more mature and definitely adult version of faith. And what I came away from this movie, what I what you know i am sympathetic and and i do you know your your language of fury and anger is interesting because a question i would have is a uh, maybe perhaps rhetorical question is at, at what is that anger directed is it sure. is it merely how we failed in presenting mm. uh uh you know god um well, what's fascinating to me is the book a more christ-like god is literally about as its title suggests God is Jesus and God is like Jesus. If you want to know yes. what God is like, you look at Jesus. Right. And so what's fascinating to me about this movie is it has a, a, a Christ analog in it, but it is not Christ. And I don't mean right. that in a metaphysical way. I mean that in a literal way. You right. left out the heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for a movie about, uh, 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 an existential metaphysical heart, you left it out mm-hmm. because this movie is cold and it is, indeed it is lifeless um uh, despite the the title of mother um what arrested me reed is in this movie a baby is destroyed for uh, an artist's perhaps false interpretation of what i would call orthodoxy and 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 a movie's poor understanding of of to me the christ himself which is the history of the world hinges on the birth of a baby the redemption of all things hinges on the death of a man and I don't mean a person with external genitals I mean a grown mature adult who willingly is not afraid of what is to come right and that's a very different story no question and and that's what really arrested me and I struggled with Mm -hmm. because We should all lament the death of a child. We should all lament the death of any person. Right, right. But there is something very different Mm -hmm. about that presentation. Right. And and that's why I struggle. I'm like, you're not, you have either not received or you are definitely, you are definitely not portraying the whole story. Right. And, 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 and what I have in my notes is if you take Jesus out of scripture, what you have is the movie mother. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And and, agree more. and that is is why I wrestled so. Like I, m- my wife, whom I talk about not on ex- in explicit detail, most of these movies with, I haven't told her about what happens in this movie. I'm like, sure. it's too heavy. I, I don't even quite know how to deal with it. I'm not going to well, tell you about this. It's just too much. Yeah, because because it's not Aronofsky. Maybe this is a strong phrase. Makes fun of. What I would say, yeah, it's wrong. That's wrong. Right.
1: That's incorrect.
0: That, right. that is. Right. That is. And 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 I lament. And I find great sorrow mm-hmm. in how you know this is what you and I talk about. Like what what is faith, and and what is faith for the the person who, at minimum, respects the person of Jesus. At at on the opposite end of that you know uh, loves and 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 tries to adhere to his teaching. Sure, of course. And I think that's what's so troubling about this movie is you start at point A, which is a God figure and Adam and Eve and that's partly why I unplugged because I didn't know death of a baby, but once it crystallized I was like, I know where you're going. And, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know that I'm going to trust how you do this. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what right. I'm trying to drive at and yeah. what has yeah. undergirded yeah. a lot of yeah. my interpretation of this movie is it's like, because getting that right is landing the plane correctly and faithfully. Of course. Getting it wrong is an abomination. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, course. and, and I'm, I'm glancing at my notes real quick here. Can
1: I interject? Yeah, uh, in please. So uh, I completed a book uh, uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. I've, I've now uh, shared this book with you. And soon, hopefully, we will have the author on the show to talk about it. It's a book uh, by J.R. Forestero's called Empathy for the Devil. And the premise of this book is taking the most notorious villains of the Bible and putting yourself in their shoes so you can kind of see things from their perspective. One of the troubles that I have that I've had pretty consistently with people is when they say, like, well, why is the God of the Old Testament so different from the God of the New Testament? I have never had a problem reconciling the two, because to me, what you just articulated about, you have to look at, I'm I'm a Christian. So I look at the whole of Scripture through the lens of Jesus. and, And in my theological framework, like you said, Jesus is God. So Jesus is the lens through which we understand the heart of the father. Like right, apart, right, apart right, from right, him, right, right. we don't understand it, which means apart from him, there are so many intentions or or events in like say the Old Testament that would make no sense or would at the very least give a misrepresentation of the heart of the father in those events. Right. So when you flip that around and you begin to look at the whole of scriptures through the lens of the person of Jesus Christ, then it does take on a new flavor. The reason I brought up Empathy for the Devil is because Foresteros' main premise is when you step into someone else's perspective and sort of consider the piece you're not missing, you generate compassion and you generate understanding. And yes, I would agree with you uh, if this is sort of in an oversimplified way, what you're saying is, yeah, looking at the God figure separated out from Christ... Of the movie. Uh, with the God or, figure in oh, okay, the movie, okay. or, or in Which life, period, right. yeah, separated out from the person of Christ, and you get an incomplete picture. And with an incomplete picture, frequently we'll get a an incorrect picture that it is not. This is not right. That right, the, right, the, right. the God you are describing or or serving or living out is incomplete without the person of Jesus Christ. And so what that that is absolutely what is present in Mother. Like right. like Mother. Javier Bardem is God, but Christ is nowhere Absent. in that film. Right. Even yeah, even if Mother's Baby is meant to be a kind of surrogate for that happening or for that occurrence, and I, we already said I, I believe that's supposed to be kind of a, a perverted communion. Um, that that is not Christ. That does not. That's not an understanding of who He is. I love your articulation of yes, it's the birth of a baby, but the death of a man who makes right. that choice. Christ right. said in the scriptures, right. "Nobody takes my life from me. Right. I lay it down. Right. Like I'm I'm making this choice." Um, and it's it is fascinating to me when we consider. I have I've had several conversations with family and uh, over the past few days as we've spent time together, and I've. I said, one of the things that bothers me is I feel like we as believers and as evangelists, if you want to call that proselytizers, we need to believe the gospel more. And what I mean by that is we are terrified of sin and we are terrified of that. Like the darkness is eventually going to be greater than the light. So what we tend to do is we tend to overcompensate and we tend to present a father, a father, God, Who is vindictive and very wrathful and who is filled with all kinds of, you know, just waiting as the judge on a high hill to build down lightning bolts. And I'm like, yeah, there are passages of scripture where that's absolutely the image that you walk away from. But when you look at what Christ did and who Christ was and how he walked through the world and what his whole intention and purpose was, that that's the heart of the father. The right. heart of the father is right. redemption and right. restoration. Right. That's right. that's the piece you were missing. And so uh, naturally, okay, so uh, I don't know when we'll need to wind this down, but can I... Briefly bring in the scripture that I Had in mind or do you have some other thoughts you want To unpack
0: um, a little bit I, I'm, I'm You know uh, Baking on the inside but um, But I want to affirm what you're going To and, and perhaps the scripture you'll Bring in will, will just further turn The wheels but like you know for me The The um, I, I can't recommend to those. You see, I keep calling listeners readers. And, and so I'm going to presume you are literate folk. Go read Brad Jerzak, some more Christ like God. Um, you know, I, it is fascinating that your, your soliloquy read a minute ago about um, the character of Bardem in this made me think of, I mean, just to call it out sort of Piper theology, um, you know, reformed theology. God exists only for the glorification of himself. Right. That I would, it's so fascinating now, like, I'm, I'm not because this is a devastating movie, but I'm almost intellectually saying, no, go watch this because this is what that looks like.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: The, you know, if you, if you want a God who exists solely for the glory of himself, this is what that looks like. Right. You know, right. let me, let me give the people the thing so that they'll love me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to draw that real clear point, um, God is Jesus. If we want to know God, we look at Jesus, Jesus, the man. And, and that's kind of the end of the story. What's fascinating right. to me is, uh, a word historically I might use in faith context, and, and hear me, we can nuance this all we want, is rebirth. I watched this movie and I think, I don't think I'm a fan of that word anymore. Um, and, and in fact, what I wrote down is, um, to me, bearing in mind there can be some nuance here, God is not a God of rebirth as such, but a word you used a minute ago, but of restoration. Mm-hmm. Existing things being made right, good, and whole. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, yeah, very much I sense. don't, I don't believe in the, uh, we are the great experiment that when we fail, it's just a reset. And here we go again into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, um, uh, you, you, you must be born again. Sure. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're going to, uh, uh, nuances, some, let's talk about that. He doesn't literally mean go back into the, you know, uh, birth canal and, and make that happen again. What he's referring to is a. Metaphorical on a certain level. Well, that know, was Nicodemus' it's become question. Become like a child, right? 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 Yeah, that right, was right? Nicodemus'
1: question. is right. like, "How can I, as a grown man, get right. back into my mother's womb?" And Jesus answers him by saying, "You know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit." Sure. So I'm talking. So Jesus Himself was that was Nicodemus' question, and Jesus is saying, "That's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean another thing."
0: Yes, and I appreciate you using Jesus' words to validate what I'm saying because that, <laughs> that just makes it all awesome. <laughs> um, but, but again, that point of like. I think why I feel this so passionately and urgently is like this is what has been presented. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, this this version of um you're all just going to burn it down and yeah. you know, love me while you can. Right, yeah, because I love that. Mm-hmm. But on your way out, I'll do it again. And and I think <sighs> you know, I, I really want to use really forceful language, but I you, it can't be stated enough. Missing from the picture is, is the point of it all. And, and mm-hmm. Jesus's way to the world and to people. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I think I feel like I'm winding
1: down. So yes, please. Let me, yeah. So, so here's the scripture that I had in mind and it's, it's a lengthy passage, Mommy. but I'll, <laughs> I know, I'll go through it as uh, briefly as I can. So second Peter chapter three, beginning at verse 3, and I'm going to read through the 13th verse. I'll clip along as quickly as I can. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestor died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Pause quickly from the text of the scriptures. That's talking about the inevitable... Sort of, everything's just happening the way it's happening. Verse 5, But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So, again, pausing the scriptures, that would seem to validate Aronofsky's cycle. Verse eight, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, hmm. but everyone to come to repentance. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Verse 11 says, Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And my... Focal point, that's the sure. lengthy passage. And the reason I wanted to bring that in is because yes, Aronofsky has some touch points in scripture to sort of base right, 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 you know, right, what right. he's articulating there, which is why it doesn't feel to me like the Rogan analogy of it's all sure, crap. Sure. You know, like Aronofsky's clearly done at least some degree of intellectual research and, right, right, right. and you know he's got at least a few coins in his pocket. But the point that it's missing Is that idea of uh, that is read in verse nine that instead the Lord is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is a tremendous absence in mother. Is a God who is desirous and is leading people to try to come to understand a very intentional redemptive plan. Sure. A very intentional restorative plan that He wants to invite people into and wants to graft them into and make them a part of. Not at the abuse and neglect of everything, but in this understanding of when we say we look for, you know, a, a new heaven and a new earth, I think some people take that to mean. Well, screw this one. Right. There's well, many people take that yeah. to mean this. Well, forget that one. And I could see, let me just be fair. Hashtag recycle. <laughs> I could see, to be fair, right. some readers reading a passage like that and saying, like, well, that's what that's saying. And saying, this is all going to go away, so, so who cares? But, but take
0: your Nicodemus just a minute ago.
1: Right. Yes. That it's an idea of when we say these things, we think of them in linear context. Right. Well, this has already come, so this next thing has to come after it. And it's like... No, we are we are looking for something that because Jesus also said countless times the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right, you're not going to look off right. and see it like oh there it comes or here it is because the kingdom of heaven is within you, and so there is this dichotomy of no, it's not just about going back to the womb. It's not just about going up. But that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and yes, the flesh is perishable and will perish. Right, that which is born of the spirit is spirit and will not. Right, and that's that's the important, again, that's the important absence from the story of Mother. Um, I do think that we ourselves we abuse I, I will say in this context I think Aronofsky's on something. Sure. We abuse the good things God has given us. Right. We We violate it. We destroy it. We consume it. We, we abuse it. Right. What I think is, again, that I'll hit very hard, what I think is missing from Aronofsky's film is God's ultimate intention amidst right. all of those things that Cause are Because
0: that's happening. what's fascinating about you drawing that clear line there is, to my recollection, the opening scene to the final shot does not seem to be with purpose. And no. he does not declare it as such. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah.
1: well, well, happened again. He says in the film, the Javier Bardem's character says, this is what I do. Sure. This is you know, I create. So this is what I do. So it just and and it basically has no choice in matter. Right. right, And and one thing that I deeply believe about God, again, we're getting to this idea of intention. God is very purposeful. Christ himself laid down his life intentionally, like I'm I'm doing this. Right, right. You know? And so the intentionality of God is something that I as a believer think is utmost of the essence to understand. I believe there's intention in his action. I believe there's intention in his silence or his inaction. That's a whole other conversation. But I believe my theological framework is in a very intentional God, not a reactionary God, which yes, many passages of the scripture taken in a bubble. Yes. God looks reactionary. I will, I will give you that non-believers. I will give you that people who, uh, with some sort of complicated theology, Taken in a bubble, many of the passages of Scripture, God looks reactionary. He looks reactionary at the Tower of Babel. He looks reactionary at the Flood. He looks reactionary in the Garden of Eden when he walks in and is like, who told you you were naked? Right, like, right, right. That, that looks reactionary. Sure. And so if that's what Aronofsky's looking at, I sympathize with him. Right. But I would want so badly, like Paul did to the, the people in Athens, I would want so badly to come and say, here's the piece you're missing. Hmm. Here's, yep. the, here's the component that you maybe haven't encountered or hasn't been presented to you in a way like Brad Jerzak would of a more Christ-like God. This is right, the right, element right. in your narrative that will will shape and reframe it right. as it did. You know, we've talked before on this pod about how we lose sight of just how revolutionary Christ's presence in the world was. changed everything, right, literally right, changed everything, right. but we lose sight of that. And we lose sight of the the before and after, that that is the crux of of time. That is the crux of sure. everything was his entry into the world. And well,
0: well, I think you're, you're, you know, this language of intention, and we can start to you know, wind towards a close if that's possible with this unwieldy of a, of a number of topics here. You know, that language of intention is so valuable because to me, apologies to, to those who would ascribe to a more, strict version of this to me the intention of god is not glorifying himself to me right. the intention of god is that those who have wondered and those who don't realize they have are welcomed home restored whole at a table that will not be extinguished sure and and known and loved that is the intention of god yes absolutely. Um, and and that intention is expressed through the man jesus mm-hmm. uh, his life teaching death and resurrection either. sure of course. um and and You know, on that subject of to pivot a a bit on that subject of rebirth and and perhaps reframing that sort of language as the I don't know if you read this apocryphal text, uh, although I know you're familiar with it, um, as our as uh, brothers Lindelof and Cuse say. um, And is it uh, beyond the sea? I don't think it's beyond the sea, That it only ends once. Across the sea. Uh, Right, right. It only ends once. Everything before that is just progress. So it only ends once, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Everything before that is just progress. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mother. Mother. <laughs> I should have called this one Uncle.
1: Oh like, Uncle. Say Uncle when you're done. Uncle, <laughs> uncle, <laughs> uncle, Mommy, I'm done. Oh, man. Jeez, Louise. I mean, there's obviously a mountain of things that could be said. This is a kind of film that invites conversation. I think you said it very, very well when you and I were talking off mic, pre mic, oh. whatever you want to call it. You said it very well where you said, like, I would actively discourage you from seeing it. But if you've seen it, let's talk about right, it. Right, know? right, right. And, and so I think we would say that to each and every listener of this piece. You know, while um, the reason for the discouragement is because it's heavy, and we feel like it's it's misguided in in a few of its presentations of of the character of God. Um, but there's a lot and we're talking about. It is graphic. Like, and I mean, the graphic. scene
0: we did unpack it is graphic, very and disturbing. extremely disturbing.
1: Not only not only the the baby, but but what they do to to Jennifer Lawrence's character as well. It's sure. very very disturbing stuff. Um, but that having been said, um, let's bring a little bit of uh, our, it's our lighten our, the mood. Yeah, let's bring a little bit of our let's uncle. leaven the bread. Yeah, our, our uncle <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> David Hopkins <S. Duncan's laughs> and you know, because he's family now. Yeah, yes. so please not that so, uncle. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. Let's let's bring in our good friend uh, David S. Pumpkins. Let me just pull up my little uh, measurement. As we do with uh, every film, we rate it by a measurement of style, scares, and substance. Uh, mother may be may be a little bit difficult to sort of assess those kind of things, but um, I don't think so. Um, but in the area of style, what would you give? To, I um,
0: usually uh, define style in a in a way
1: of liking a thing.
0: Um, I, I would give it a one. Oh wow! Okay. Which, which right. again, as you just described, feels like a slight. It's more just I, I don't I did not like watching it. Sure. Like, I did not sure. enjoy the watching of it. I understand. So from that I standpoint, I would rank it low.
1: Um, I'm going to briefly assess this. Uh, given what I've seen of Aronofsky, I was kind of expecting more flourish. Like mm-hmm. I was expecting it to look. More interesting. It's a very direct line. And but it is very direct. I do because of my sympathies towards him and how well I think the metaphor works for a narrative, even though we've obviously unpacked what I disagree with on other things. I'm a land at a three. So for me, style is 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 about a three. I think there's some really good stuff there, um, but I think there's some very important stuff missing. So yeah, three for me. Um in the area of scares, I'll go first. Um I'm going to because it's difficult for me to articulate like scares versus nightmare, you know, like in the nightmare sense versus like disturbing and unsettling. um, I'm going to give scares a four and a half. It's a it's a pretty harrowing kind of kind of uh, film in that regard. And I think very frightening and disturbing and unsettling in a lot of ways. So I'm going to land at a four to five, four point five
0: for me personally, scares. It's a five. Just no question. I mean, it, it is disturbing. It's distressing um and even on a meta level it's it's harrowing from the standpoint of how wrong we've gotten it in terms of presenting of course, uh, yeah. a cogent message
1: of love and faith yeah very very effective in that regard Substance is so difficult for me because um, I with substance I struggle because if you want to talk about how much there is to talk about right probably a five if you want to talk about, how much I think is missing from the picture it's trying to scratch at this is a much lower number. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna, for substance, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean gracious, and I'm gonna give it a four for for substance for me because I, I do think there's important key things missing from the substance of what it's scratching at. Right. Um, but I do think there's, you know, again. If you've seen it, I want to talk about it with you. <laughs> you <laughs> right, know? right, right. So, so yeah, four for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, my impulse would have been five, but I think you can't ignore... I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be one thing if it was naturalistic that flirted with metaphor. Sure, sure. It is metaphor. Just period. Yeah. Beginning to end. It's all the two and, hours and and, and and that metaphor, in my interpretation of the movie, is very directly judeo-christian sort of faith and and from that standpoint like you're saying i I can't ignore what you're leaving out yeah of course Um, and so yeah i mean I, i think it is so strong in clearly conversation I would still probably lean towards a four like you, but okay. you know, that 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 one point is very representative.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And that lands us, uh rather surprisingly, I thought we might give this a little lower, but um that lands us, because of its scare and its substance measures, uh that lands us at a seven out of ten, David S. Pumpkins. Um and I think again that you know this is where our You know, somewhat fun measurement of David S. Pumpkins sometimes fails us. Sometimes better films get a lower number because they're not very scary or they're not very substantial or whatever. Um, And then films like this, which we would say, you know, watch at your own risk, uh, is, you know, with
0: an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Watch at your own
1: risk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, so, um, so for the sake of, uh, time and, and you know what, we've done it three times now, this is probably just going to be the pattern. So, so we, uh, stay tuned, uh, during our closing music for the stock, you know, the stock social media cues, um, that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It is not at all the end of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, stay tuned to hear how you can get in touch with us in, in a variety of ways. Nathan, it's good to see you again. Good yes in the same room. Happy new and, year. Yeah. For, for probably a while, the rest of. Sure. stuff is probably going to be uh, uh, across the country but right. uh, but thank you very much for taking the time and for uh, having this conversation with me about yeah mother, mother. <laughs> mommy <laughs> all right guys see you next time have a happy new year we'll see you next time The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. To continue this conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at The Fear of God. You can visit us on Facebook to comment on one of our posts or post there yourself. You can follow Reed on Twitter at Reed Lackey. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at TheNathanRouse. Visit morethanoneLesson.com to leave a comment on this post or any of the other official episode posts. Email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. All one word, podcast. At gmail.com. And last but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or review. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.